Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Modern Retail Podcast. I'm Kale Guthrie Weissman, the editor-in-chief of Modern Retail, and this week I'm really excited. We have Michael Rubenstein. He's the co-founder and president of OpenStore. OpenStore, for those who don't know, their business model is to acquire DTC brands. I think it's a really exciting time to be probably a DTC founder, but also someone who's looking into the space for acquisitions as well. But Michael, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. Absolutely. So first, tell me a little bit about yourself. What were you up to? before OpenStore? Sure. I spent the past 20 or so years building primarily ad tech and marketing technology companies on the internet. Um, I was one of the early pioneers of email marketing, programmatic advertising, um, and spent the first decade or so of my career at um, DoubleClick and Google. And then over um, the next 10 years, built a company called AppNexus, which we sold to AT&T in 2018. I was over at AT AT&T for a while. So I've, um, yeah, been involved in building small companies into big companies and helping big companies launch um, big businesses and marketing and advertising in the digital realm. So I've I've always been very close to the e-commerce space. My customers have always been e-commerce businesses, and I've taken great interest in uh, the growth of the sector over the last 20 years, which led me here. Wow, yeah, those are huge companies. Uh, stuff that like our sister publication, Digiday, talks about all the time, AppNexus and DoubleClick. So what specifically made you interested in e-commerce businesses to go more, more in that realm of things? You know, I really saw the growth of um, the e-commerce sector over the previous decade and just believed that the marketing and advertising challenges that the businesses were having were super interesting. Um, I also saw the growth and rise of Shopify over the last decade or so and just felt that that was a fascinating platform um, for empowering e-commerce businesses and had parallels in some respects to what we'd been doing at AppNexus in the digital advertising space. And it just, to me, was uh, a fascinating trend. And when I started looking at where things were going over the decade ahead, it became even more compelling. I mean, I really do believe that Shopify and businesses like it are essentially the on-ramp for um, small, medium-sized retail businesses uh, onto the internet. And I think it's a a multi-decade trend that is going to just fundamentally transform the internet and and small, medium-sized retail business landscape. Absolutely. So let's let's go into Open Store. You're nearly exactly a year old. Is that true? A little more. Little more. All right. Yep. Oh, is it Mar- March 2021? Is that when you guys launched? Right. That's right. Yeah. So what was what was the thesis behind it? How did it start? Give me all of that. Yeah. Well, the original concept came from one of our co-founders, Jack Abraham, who is uh, the founder CEO of Atomic and kind of brilliant entrepreneur. And I think he originally had the insight in speaking with some uh, DTC founders that he knew that they were struggling to sell the business when the moment came when they were ready to move on to the next thing. And, you know, that really set off a light bulb for him. Like, why isn't there a marketplace or an ability for founders to um, achieve liquidity and a fair value for, you know, something they've poured their blood, sweat, and tears into and really, you know, build value. And, you know, he, uh, Jack was one of the early uh, sort of Miami pioneers in this last wave of, of, you know, tech people moving to Miami. And he had lunch with Keith Raboy, who just moved to Miami and filled him in on the idea. 
and Keith and I chatted. And before you knew it, you know, we were all, uh, uh, Keith brought in also, um, uh, his chief of staff, Matt Lanter, um, Jeremy Wood from Google. Before you knew it, we had a founding team together and we were launching the business. And, um, yeah, I think everyone just got very excited about this opportunity that clearly there is a need in the market. Um, there, there is no liquidity. There's no, there's no clear path to liquidity for these merchants. Um, and, and seeing the business opportunity in it for us as well. And uh, we all just got really excited and jumped in and have been building the company nonstop ever since. So talk to me about exactly what the model is, how you analyze the merchants, because I, I know a little bit about it doing the research, but I, I feel like the listeners would like to know just exactly how you built that part of it out. Yeah. Well, going back to the insight for one second, I mean, as I mentioned before, Shopify and platforms like it have enabled you know, millions of small e-commerce businesses to get off the ground over the last decade or so. Um, but Shopify is a platform. They don't do everything themselves, obviously. It's a, a business that has so many contrasts to Amazon in the way that they think about um, online retail. And I think one of the clear gaps is if you start a Shopify business, um, you know, you're, you're kind of stuck with it. You need to get pretty lucky, I think, in order to be able to sell it. And so I think what the value we have identified and can provide is when people are ready to sell the business, we want to make it super easy. Come to open.store, which is our URL, and um, give us some basic information about the business and so forth. And we get you a price within 24 hours and most frequently transact within a couple of weeks. And so the idea is just to make it super, super simple for a merchant who's built a valuable brand to come to us and just, you know, when they're ready. I mean, if, if they're not ready to sell, that's okay. But when they are ready, we want to be the first name that they think of. And um, yeah, today we acquire DTC brands on the Shopify platform. And um, typically they're in like the, you know, half a million to $10 million GMV mm -hmm. uh, range. And um, yeah, that's that's what we do. And correct me if I'm wrong, part of the application process, they go to open.store, they fill out an application, and then they also give their Shopify login. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. That's part of how we turn around a price so quickly is what's behind open.store is we've built an engine powered by data science that is essentially looking at the historical financials and the order history of the business and allowing us to come up in relatively real time with a price for the business, which we then present to the founder. So well, can you give me just a little sense for, you know, obviously revenue growth, all that goes into it, but what, what are the sort of big things that you're working for? Are there any big red flags that you find that, that lower a price? Um, we're looking for nothing that would surprise anyone. I yeah. mean, I think we're looking for businesses that are growing, that have loyal customers, that are profitable, um, where, you know, we, we wouldn't have any reason to believe that there'd be a problem with the product. Um, yeah, I mean, we're looking for businesses that have the hallmarks of customers liking them. And, uh, you know, our belief clearly is that we can take these businesses and invest in them and grow them. And so that that's what we're looking for. So in my 
you know, few years of reporting out DTC businesses, I feel like you would have a really good answer for this and would know much more than me, but it seems like there's an on-ramp of growth and then it gets more difficult, usually after maybe you hit that 30 million mark, I guess I would say, where, you know, you, you, you've grown quickly, you have customers, but that's when you need national scale. That's maybe when you need a, a wholesale partnership, when you need someone like Walmart, something along those lines, depending on what it is that you're selling. So my question is for you, how, what are you doing with these businesses that you're going to grow them even more? How, how are you building them out? And are you worried about sort of hitting that sort of revenue ledge that many brands have had that have hit over the years? Well, I think we bring a lot of assets to the table that we believe when applied to these you know, promising young businesses can really unlock the next phases of growth. Um, you know, as an example, many of these businesses are capital constrained. Um, you know, it's another challenge, I think, in the, the Shopify DTC ecosystem. Well, we've raised a lot of financing, you know, we're, you know, clearly, you know, well-backed firm, um, we don't have that constraint. So, you know, we can invest in these businesses, we can invest in marketing, we can invest in new product development and, um, and so forth. Um, we can bring world-class engineering and data science resources to the table to, um, innovate around, uh, marketing and, uh, you know, pricing and things of that nature. We can obviously leverage the scale of the business to drive better pricing, whether that's on the procurement side, shipping, things of that nature. So we've identified probably 15 or so different areas where we can improve a business and help it to scale more easily than it could in a bootstrapped, you know, DTC fashion. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do after we buy the business. What usually happens to the teams? Are they usually brought into the fold? How does that work? So as I mentioned, um, the businesses that we acquire are typically in the like 500,000 to 10 million range. And so the teams aren't, the full-time teams aren't typically very large. You've got yeah. the founder, maybe maybe a couple founders, and you have um, typically a network of agencies or consultants that are involved as well. And so the founders typically go. I mean, it's part of the value proposition. They're ready for liquidity. They're tired. Uh, There's whatever it is that they want to go do next. We want to enable them to do that on the timeframe that they want to do it. And so, um, yeah, there's a period after the sale where they transition knowledge to us, you know, transition the keys basically, and then move on. Um, and you know, with respect to like the agencies and contractors and so forth, it's kind of case by case. We have a team that digs in after the transaction is complete and, you know, determines, you know, how we should handle those things moving forward. There have been instances where we'll keep those folks on. There'll be instances where we have already an in-house, you know, capability that replaces what, um, what that, you know, consultant or agency was doing themselves. So it really varies. But, you know, for the most part, we're building the capabilities ourselves in-house to run these companies. And, um, yeah, the founders move on to the next thing. Many of them we found are serial entrepreneurs, actually. So they're already have their next idea that they want to pursue, or they might even be running it in parallel. And this frees them up to go do that. Are you guys ever planning on, once they reach a certain level, s- selling it off yourself? Or do you want them just to, you know, be humming along, having a portfolio of companies as is? Or have you sold any companies? No, we're not sellers of companies. We're buyers and holders, basically. So our plan is to own these businesses, grow these businesses, develop them, and help them to realize their full potential. 
how much money have you raised so far? So how, mu- how much do you have to, to keep this going? Yeah, we've raised somewhere north of $130 million um, and well-financed both from an equity and debt side. So, um, you know, very, very uh, well uh, situated financially. Got it, got it. And backed by top-tier Silicon Valley venture capital firms. Can you, I was, I was reading a Forbes article, I think, from late last year, and there was an interesting thing that stuck out from an interview with Keith. Um, and he said that he has big plans for OpenStore to do an acquisition a day. So is that happening? Have you guys reached that, that scale yet? Or what is the rate of acquisitions that you guys are doing? Yeah, there have certainly been weeks when we are at that scale. Wow. Um, yeah, I think that's that might even be a, a low bar. Uh, we aspire to acquire, I would say, more than uh, a company a day over time. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of the uh, work that we've put in over the last year is in building this always-on acquisition machine, essentially, so that when people are ready, they go to open.store, um, we're ready to go as well. How many acquisitions have you done thus far? Uh, we have done dozens of acquisitions. Uh, I don't know if we're giving the exact number yet, but we're yeah, we're buying we're buying companies very regularly at this point. I feel like you're a very unique model. I can't think of many other like you that have such a sort of software and analytical sense about it. But there have been other e-commerce DTC holding companies that have risen of late that are interesting to themselves. And then the other side, there's the the rise of the Amazon aggregators. And I I know that you guys don't think of yourselves as similar to them, but do you think that they're, what are your thoughts on, it seems like this is an increasing mindset that many entrepreneurs like yourself are getting into, the putting putting these companies together, figuring out the formula and creating it at scale. Do you, do you see any similarities between what's going on in the Amazon space or is it very different on the Shopify side? I mean, I think the world of e-commerce is so big, so there's room for different types of plays and different strategies. But I, I see what we're doing as being quite different uh, on a number of dimensions. And like, I do think there's interesting opportunity in the Amazon space as well, but it's just a different play. Um, you know, Amazon, obviously, most of the brands in the Amazon space are FBA brands. Amazon does a lot of the work. Um you know, it's Amazon's customer relationship. The customer relationship doesn't belong to the brand. Um, you know, there are, I think, a lot of reasons why. And and the types of companies that are being bought on Amazon are very specific, I think, to Amazon strengths around, you know, price selection and convenience. So, uh, you know, I think there's clearly, you know, a lot of opportunity in Amazon, but it's really not what we're doing. Um, you know, for us, I mean, obviously in the DTC world, um, we have, uh, the businesses are more complex to operate, but we also view that as being, uh, more opportunities for us to create value and more opportunities for us to add value. Um, another thing I would say, and very importantly as well, is it's our customer relationship. So when we acquire a DTC, brand, we're really acquiring a direct customer relationship that we can deepen uh, as we as we deepen our investment in the particular company, and that we can also introduce to other brands over time as we grow our portfolio. And I think especially in this day and age where customer acquisition is becoming more and more complex and you have the challenges around Facebook and iOS 14, um, which has been, as you know, uh, such an important uh, customer acquisition uh, vehicle for DTC brands over the last decade or so, we think it really gives us a unique advantage. So I'd say a lot of differences um, 
between what we're doing and what the Amazon aggregators are doing. But, you know, we're, we're both starting from the premise that, you know, there's opportunity in the long tail of e-commerce. You took my next question. And so I'm going to ask you to go a little bit more deep into that, which it seems that a lot of the rise of DTC brands was predicated on usually pretty quick and cheaper acquisition on engines like Facebook. Now it's much more difficult. Are you finding that that makes it easier for you to find brands that want to be acquired because their customer acquisition strategies aren't panning out as well? On the Just given that you have so many brands, has it been more difficult to figure out what marketing works on, a, on, on the performance side? What, what are you seeing with that? Or is it, is it you know, is it is it panning out, or are you are your companies still facing some headwinds when it comes to iOS fourteen and Facebook, et cetera? Yeah, well, I think this is clearly a a reset moment for a lot of companies in the DTC space, where what worked on Facebook and Instagram for the last several years isn't going to work anymore. And I think for those who are willing to stick it out and try new marketing channels. Um, Maybe those are new social channels like TikTok, or maybe those are new, you know, various uh, channels that people are experimenting with. You know, there, there's opportunity out there. But for others, if they just feel like, you know what, I've taken the business as far as I want to take it at this point, and I'm going to let someone else figure out the next phase. I mean, you know, prior to Open Store, that would have been a very difficult place for one of these DT, DTC entrepreneurs to be because, um, you know, there would be no option. But now with Open Store, you can sell the business and get potentially a multi-million dollar payout and move on to the next thing. And we'll take it from there and take this gem that you basically uh, brought into the world and really take it to the next level. It's, it's a win-win for everyone. Talk to me about, I, it seems that the more businesses you acquire, the, the more first-party data you're going to get that you can then share between companies. So given that you have such an advertising background, was that one of the big things that you that sort of clicked? And how is that panning out? Is that providing a helpful shield in terms of all these other headwinds? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's really one of the core tenets, I think, of, of Open Store is that we believe by acquiring these companies, not only are we acquiring fantastic brands, but we're also acquiring customer relationships and you know the first party data that comes along with that. I think for me, coming from a marketing and advertising background, I know the value of that first party data and how over time you can really build that into a competitive advantage as a um, as an e-commerce player on the web. And so absolutely, it's a very strategic part of the business for us. Can you talk about just founder perceptions? Are you seeing, are you hearing more founders are fatigued and open to selling their businesses given the last few years, et cetera? Is it, it, are we at a new point? You mentioned a reset in terms of advertising. Is that what you're hearing from the companies that are applying to be acquired? We do hear that. It's it's hard for me to say for sure if more people want to sell now or or less than before because you know we weren't in the market before and there weren't there weren't even options like open store available before um but i think there are millions of dtc merchants at this point um on platforms like shopify and so you know it, i i think there are always going to be people who are feeling like it's just it's time to sell and we're very bullish on the dtc trend as well i mean we believe there will be there are millions now and there will be millions more in the years to come. And, uh, 
So again, a very, very small number of them, um, you know, need to be in the market to sell their business for us to have an interesting business. And, um, you know, that's, that's essentially what we're banking on. And, um, yeah, I think some founders we hear for sure that because of the marketing changes, maybe they don't have the energy. Others just, you know, maybe they've put five, six, seven years into building these businesses and they're just tired. Um, or want to move on and try something else. And, you know, the, uh, the, the appeal of a multi-million dollar payout is, you know, very compelling. So, you know, everyone has their own reasons and, uh, we just want to be supportive and be there when that moment arises. Mm -hmm. You're only a year old, so maybe this is the case, but have you ever had to, you know, say this company isn't working out the growth that we thought was going to happen didn't happen? Or are there any metrics by which you would say like, you know, we acquired this, but now we need to shut this business down. You know, we're pretty early still. I mean, yeah. we really only started acquiring businesses in, you know, second half or fourth quarter of last year. So, you know, as I mentioned, we're growing very quickly and we're acquiring dozens of businesses. But um, I would say it's it's still pretty early on our side. But we're seeing a lot of green shoots. We're very optimistic about um, the potential for these companies that we're acquiring and, you know, we're, we're plowing ahead with the business plan. One of the things that Shopify is really focusing on right now, and I'm sure you're keeping tabs on this too, is that building out, building out creator commerce or having, having more influencers launch brands and creating tools for that. It seems like this kind of service would actually be more or less perfect because I'm sure a celebrity doesn't want to actually own a brand. Is this something that you've been thinking about in terms of a lot of people who are content creators or celebrities or whatnot are trying to build out their own lines of businesses. Is, is that one other thing you're hoping to glom onto? Is that part of, part of the thesis as well? I mean, we definitely recognize, to your point, as the um, marketing mix shifts, that the rise of influencers as uh, a really critical marketing and sales channel is, is evident. And so you know, we intend to participate in that as well. And um, we're in the early stages of building out our own capabilities there. So I don't know if it's celebrities or micro influencers, or it's too soon, I think, for us to say exactly, you know, which uh, we'll be investing most heavily in. But uh, there's no question, this is a real thing. And uh, we are in, you know, we'll, we'll definitely be players there. So what is, how does the, the organization within OpenStore work? Do you have teams on specific brands? Do you have teams on specific subjects of brands? Uh, how, how does it work in terms of like the marketing teams? Or are they all their own siloed organizations that you have someone making decisions for how they go about things? Yeah, for the most part, we're building centers of excellence right now inside the company um, that are... Um, you know, essentially the different components of what you need to do to run one of these businesses successfully. So think about supply chain, think about marketing, think about customer service and so forth. Um, right now we're building out the capabilities to do each of these things in a world-class fashion across, you know, dozens and hundreds of brands. Got it. And so do you have I mean, given that it's a software, I imagine you're just looking at the fundamentals, but do you have a certain set of, we want something in the apparel space, we want something in the home goods space, or is it just as long as the numbers work, it'll it'll go into the fold? Yeah. Today we are category agnostic. If someone brings us their business, as long as it's Shopify based and as long as it's in the general revenue range that we discussed, um, you know, if it meets our 
buy box characteristics, then we will make an offer for the business uh, more often than not within 24 hours. And yeah, if it's agreeable to the founder, then we'll move quickly to own the business. Do you foresee yourself always being Shopify specific? I know that you know, the other e-commerce platforms are less popular. We see more build their own bespoke. Maybe they do something headless. Would you ever consider along along something along those lines? Or, or, or is it only Shopify? I think of the size at which we're buying today, which is, you know, roughly, as I mentioned, 500,000 to 10 million, sort of in that range. Um, we see the highest concentration of merchants on the Shopify platform. So that's where we're starting. And we think that there's a lot of room to run there. Um, never say never for buying, uh, you know, on a different platform. But as of this moment, um, you know, we are huge fans of the Shopify platform. We think it's a fabulous company and a fabulous platform. We think what we do is hugely complementary and additive to their value proposition. And it seems like a, a really good fit. Mm-hmm. So what what are the big goals for this year? Is it just on ramping up the acquisition number? Are you bringing more people into the fold? How How is that? What's, what are your plans? Yeah, well, we certainly want to acquire a lot of businesses. So we intend to acquire hundreds of businesses this year. Um, and so if you are listening and you're interested in not even just selling your business, if you're interested in a price for your business, go to open.store, um, you know, connect us with your Shopify account and so forth, and we will get back to you quickly and tell you what we think the business is worth. So that's number one. Um, of course, in order to support that, we need to grow the company, grow the team. Um, we're in a very fast growth mo- mode right now. I would say we almost doubled the size of the company in Q1, uh, which is a lot of growth, and we'll probably grow it by another 50% this quarter. Um, so we are on track to like really grow the company a lot, and we're hiring, you know, engineers, data scientists, e-commerce operators, um, across all functions, really. I mean, all of our roles are listed on open.store as well on the career section. Um, I would say those are the main things, really, that we are trying to accomplish. What are the hardest jobs to hire for right now in the e-commerce space? I think that um, we have not had a huge amount of challenge, I would say, hiring really incredibly talented people in the e-commerce space. Um yeah, I mean, maybe it's because what we're doing is so novel. Uh, you know, people recognize that this is an exciting new way of building an e-commerce business, uh, or recognizing that the value proposition we're taking to merchants is truly new and unique. But um, to date, we have not had difficulty hiring across any functions to support the growth of the business. Well, Michael, this has been great chatting with you. Thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, absolutely. It's been fun. My pleasure. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Modern Retail Podcast, a show by Digiday. If you haven't already, please do subscribe and head to Apple Podcasts to leave us a review and a rating. See you next week.